1: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope you watched last night's debate reaction show. We got a bunch of stuff to dive into right now. Um, I want to react more to the debate and to me talk about what the biggest storyline coming out of the debate is. Um, I got a theory and I'm going to lay it out and I think a lot of you are going to say, holy crap, Clay's right. Gavin Newsom wants Donald Trump to win in 2024. Trust me, think about it. Uh, Ronald Acuna hits 40 home runs, steals 70 bases, maybe the greatest offensive season in the history of Major League Baseball. I think it's being under-discussed. We will discuss. And I'll give you my Thursday night football pick. I'm going to give you the OutKick six-pack on the NFL tomorrow uh, because there's still so much news and fallout associated with the debate, which is where I want to start right now. Here's the most important storyline now. Everybody but Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley needs to drop out of this race now. They have no chance uh, to actually win. Uh, There are a lot of people, and I'm going to talk about some of this, but Mike Pence, no chance. Vivek Ramaswamy, no chance. Uh, Chris Christie, no chance. Uh, Doug Burgum, who I thought was really good, no chance. Okay? We have narrowed it down, I believe, to three people who could be the Republican nominee in 2024. Donald Trump is the substantial favorite. There is no doubt at all about that. But Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, in my opinion, have established that they are the clear difference makers as it pertains to going forward from here. Tim Scott needs to drop out as well, if I didn't mention him earlier. Doesn't mean those guys haven't had good moments. Doesn't mean that they haven't been impressive, but I don't think they have any pathway to actually be the nominee. I was waiting for what we saw last night between Nikki Haley and Tim Scott to happen. Last night, I thought the four best performers on the stage were, in no particular order, Ron DeSantis, Doug Burgum, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, The absolute killer on the stage, in my opinion, was Nikki Haley. She was attacking everybody. Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, um, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Nikki Haley showed me last night that she has the ability to gut somebody. And I always think this is a good analogy. This is a metaphor. This is not a real explanation. At some point in time, if you are running for president of the United States, you have to be willing to gut somebody in the prison cafeteria. I think it's the perfect metaphor. You can be super nice. You can be conciliatory. At some point, you have to demonstrate that you are willing to walk up and just shiv somebody. Nikki Haley did that last night. She showed me that she has the killer instinct. I didn't expect her to go after Tim Scott like she did. I didn't expect her to go after Ron DeSantis like she did. I think some of you out there are going to say, okay, I didn't particularly like it. I didn't think it played well when she said that, for instance, Vivek Ramaswamy, what was the direct quote? I want to make sure I get it right. Every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. That's what Nikki Haley said about Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't agree. I think you can attack Vivek for different policy perspectives and for different aspects of his candidacy. He's super smart. I don't ever feel dumber after Vivek Ramaswamy speaks. But sometimes attacks don't have to be honest. (laughs) Look at Trump. Sometimes attacks just have to demonstrate That you want something so bad that you are willing to go over the top to get it. Nikki Haley showed me last night I think she would stand on the stage with Trump and I think she would gut him. I know Ron DeSantis would do it. I don't know that anybody else has a pathway to the presidency. And so, if you want Trump to be the nominee if you are Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum if you want Donald Trump to be the nominee, then you should stay in the race. If you do not want Donald Trump to be the nominee, then you should drop out and you should endorse someone else. There's nothing wrong with having Trump be the nominee. But the longer you stay in the race, the more you help Donald Trump. The more you give him cover, the more the, you dilute the anti-Trump vote. And people out there get mad. Just, oh my God, you don't like Trump. You don't like... You're all so emotional. I'm logical and I'm rational. 50% of people in the Republican primary so far are Donald Trump supporters. 50% support somebody else. We're to the point now where it's starting to get to if you're a Tim Scott supporter or you're a Chris Christie supporter or you're a Mike Pence supporter or you are a Doug Burgum supporter or you are uh, Tim Scott. I think I named the other five on the stage. You need to decide, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is your second choice? Because I don't think your first choice is going to win. I think Vivek has run an incredible campaign. Nobody knew by and large who he was. He has surged into one of the four or five most legitimate Republican candidates. It's an incredible accomplishment. Feels like he's hit the ceiling. Feels like he's not breaking through and going to the next level now. I think if Vivek goes back and he looks at his candidacy, he's going to say, I made a hell of a run. I got up to double digits in some places. I've started to come back now. I think people are not ready for Vivek to be president of the United States. I don't know that they're ready for Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, but I feel like there are two candidates out there who could be on the stage one-on-one versus Trump and actually go toe-to-toe with him. And I think Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis need to fight it out. I think they can fight it out in Iowa and in New Hampshire. I think there's a very good chance that one of those people will come in second. Maybe one of them wins. Because, I mean, again, it's not about the national polls. It's about Iowa and New Hampshire. Trump is not as strong in Iowa and New Hampshire as he is in the other states. That's why starting in January, things can change when people start actually being able to share their opinions. But if you are of the opinion that Trump is not your choice, then it's time for there to be a coalition and a real decision made. Okay, let's get it down to the finalists. Let's let them play. It's like the NCAA tournament, right? You start off with 68 teams. We've eliminated a bunch of people. I think we're effectively to the final four right now. At some point, the championship game happens. And Trump is going to be in the championship game. Somebody else is going to step forward and try to challenge him in that championship game. They may or may not be successful, but that's what needs to happen now. It's time for people to start dropping out of this race. Here's the deal. I don't think it's going to happen though. Because I think all of these guys out there, and gals, I think that there's no real incentive for them to drop out. I think that Vivek Ramaswamy, why would he drop out? He's probably having the time of his life on the campaign right now. What does he care if he comes in third or fourth? That's way better than anybody anticipated. I think Mike Pence and Chris Christie are running against Donald Trump. They're not going to be the alternative to Trump, but they're getting way more attention now being on the stage and in the campaign than they would be if they dropped out. The challenge here is, think about it. Democrats don't screw around. I respect... The cold-blooded calculation of Democrats. Do you remember the 2020 presidential campaign? Joe Biden got smoked in Iowa and in New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders was a big favorite coming out of Iowa and New Hampshire. And then Democrats said, Bernie's going to lose to Trump. We're not going to pick him. James Clyburn said, Joe Biden's the guy. And they just said, Biden's him. And they made Biden the nominee. All they cared about was electability. They looked at Bernie. They looked at Elizabeth Warren. They looked at Michael Bloomberg. They looked at Mayor Pete. Do you remember who was in second place when we got to Iowa? I mean, when we got to South Carolina? Number one, Bernie. Number two, Mayor Pete. Democrats just said, hey, Bernie's a socialist. Trump will beat him. I think that's correct. Mayor Pete is a gay white guy. Black voters ain't showing up for a gay white dude. And they said, Joe Biden's the choice. And they put Joe Biden in as their nominee. And he's the president of the United States because the power brokers in the Democrat Party said, he's the guy. Boom. Let's make it happen. It was clinical it was nasty, it was anti the whole direction the campaign was going. Oh, it's Bernie. Oh, it's Mayor Pete. Oh, it's Elizabeth Warren. Screw all of them. Biden's the most electable. He's the pick. Boom. And it was Biden. Republicans are a mess. There's nobody out there. If if Trump's the pick, so be it. But there's nobody out there who is suddenly going to say, hey, This needs to be a two or three person race. Everybody else needs to get off the stage. We're creating a situation where there's nothing to be gained by this. Boom, we're done. They don't even have an ability to get Donald Trump to get on the stage in the Republican Party. I think if we were down to two or three candidates, it would be very hard for Trump not to debate. If it were Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and that's it, I think it'd be very hard for Trump not to show up and debate. But again, Democrats, clinical, analyze all the data. All we care about is winning. Let's find the candidate that makes it the most likely that we're going to win. Boom, they decided it was Biden. And based on the 2020 election results, they were right. That's why I still think that Biden's not going to be their guy in 2024. I think they're seeing all the numbers come out on Biden. I think they're going to wait it out. They may wait it out until they have a contested convention next summer when Joe Biden can barely walk and talk at the same time. And they come in, maybe it's Michelle Obama, maybe it's Gavin Newsom, maybe it's Pritzker, they have some sort of contested convention and they pick the guy or gal they think is the most likely to actually win because they are savages. All they care about is winning. What did Al Davis say? Winning isn't, uh, what did he say? Just win, baby? Sorry. I was going to say winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. I'm not sure who came up with that quote. Al Davis for sure is just win, baby. That's what Democrats do.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the Steel MS-162 or MS-170 Chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis and I'll Kick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. Let me tell you a little secret here. Gavin Newsom, did you watch him on Fox News last night? He's going to be dating. Uh, dating. Dating debating Ron DeSantis on November 30th? I'm going to tell you something. Some of you are going to shake your heads. You're going to say, what in the world are you talking about? Clay, you're crazy. And then you're going to get in the back of your mind. You're going to start thinking about it. You're going to say, you know what? You're right. Gavin Newsom wants Donald Trump to be elected in 2024. And a lot of you are like, no, he's He's a Democrat. He's the governor of California. He wants just, no, he doesn't. Gavin Newsom wants Donald Trump elected president in 2024. Why? Because then Kamala Harris gets kneecapped and she's out of the way. And there is no incumbent. And 2028 is wide open. And there's no vice president. And Gavin Newsom thinks he will be the Democrat nominee in 2028. And that he will be elected president of the United States. That's why... Look at everything Gavin Newsom is saying. He's talking just like he's Donald Trump. He went on Fox News last night and attacked Ron DeSantis for agreeing to debate him. He's been needling Ron DeSantis, saying he wants to have a debate for months. I think, smartly, Ron DeSantis has agreed to debate him on November 30th, And what does Gavin Newsom immediately say? I baited him into it. He's a loser. This is evidence he shouldn't be the President of the United States. Why is Gavin Newsom getting involved in any way in the Republican primary? Why was he at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library last night talking to all the media? Why did he do Fox News with Sean Hannity? Why is he debating Ron DeSantis on November 30th on Fox News? Because he wants Trump to win. If How often does Ron DeSantis attack Donald Trump? Never. I bet... Uh, sorry, how often does Gavin Newsom attack Donald Trump? Never. I bet Gavin Newsom and Donald Trump are secretly having phone calls. I think the two guys actually like each other. Maybe partly it's because Gavin Newsom's ex-wife is now the fiancé of Donald Trump Jr., which... Almost no one talks about, but that's a bit strange, right? That that sort of cross pollination between Democrat and Republican. I think that's what's going on here, and I think Gavin Newsom is actually attacking Ron DeSantis because he wants Trump to win. He wants Trump to be Biden that way. Kamala Harris gets wiped out because otherwise, Gavin Newsom has to run and explain why it isn't racist and sexist for Kamala Harris to get passed over as the nominee in 2028. If Biden wins, that also means Kamala Harris won and that means she will be the nominee in 2028. It would be racist and sexist for her not to be the nominee. And now I bet a lot of you are sitting around, you're like, hmm, you thought I was crazy when I said that. Look at what the motivation is. Gavin Newsom's primary goal is to be President of the United States. The best way for him to be President of the United States is for Joe Biden to lose and for Kamala Harris to get swept out in that loss, basically have her political career end at a minimum. When Kamala Harris runs in 2028, she will have to explain why she would do better than Joe Biden would when she just lost alongside of Joe Biden. This is, I'm telling you, why Gavin Newsom is so anti-Ron DeSantis. Because if someone other than, someone other than Trump wins, they have two terms. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, anybody else wins they would be running on two terms and Gavin Newsom would be running against an incumbent in 2028. He doesn't want that. He wants an open, no incumbent, wide open challenge in 2028 where he becomes the nominee. And that is why he's going after Ron DeSantis. And that is why he says almost never a negative word at all about, uh, about Donald Trump. Now you see it, just start paying attention to it. Gavin Newsom is not working for Joe Biden. He's working for Gavin Newsom. And the best thing that can happen for Gavin Newsom is for Trump to be elected president in 2024 because there's no incumbent then and it wipes out Kamala Harris as his primary opposition. Ronald Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. just posted what may be The greatest season in the history of Major League Baseball. When I was a kid, I desperately wanted my favorite team growing up, Cincinnati Reds, their center fielder, all-star, Eric Davis, to become the first player to ever hit for 40 homers and to steal 40 bases. The 40-40 club was a big conversation when I was a kid because nobody had ever done it. Eric Davis that year started off white hot, ended up with 37 home runs. If I remember correctly, injured himself running into the brick wall at Wrigley Field. That probably kept Eric Davis from becoming the first player to ever hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases. Since then, it has occurred. The 40-40 club now exists, but last night, Ronald Acuna became the first player to join the 40-70 club. There is a strong argument that Ronald Acuna, when you consider RBIs, when you consider batting average, stolen bases, and home runs, just posted the greatest offensive season in the history of Major League Baseball. Nobody, to my knowledge, had ever done 40-50. Nobody had ever done 40-60. And out of nowhere, Ronald Acuna took it all the way to 40-70. Strong argument. I think I would sign on to it. Based on batting average, based on RBIs, based on stolen bases, and based on home runs, that Ronald Acuna just posted the greatest non-steroids, let's put that in there as well, non-steroid season in the history of Major League Baseball. There's been a lot of focus on Shohei Otani. Certainly what he did in terms of hitting and in terms of pitching, is Babe Ruth-like. You can make the argument, if Shohei hadn't gotten hurt, that he would be posting the greatest single hitting and pitching season in the history of Major League Baseball. I don't think that's a crazy argument to make at all. Certainly, it's up there with Babe Ruth. But in terms of offensive performance alone, I don't think any player has ever had a better season When you look at Ronald Acuna, let me make sure that I get all his stats right. Because I I haven't heard anybody else make this argument. And granted, I'm not sitting around watching all baseball all the time. My boys are monster Major League Baseball fans. So I spend most of my time watching the Braves. um, And we went to watch six games in person. Uh, I love Acuna. I love what he's been capable of achieving. By the way, what about the Cubs? Choking away a couple of games that the Braves don't even need to win. Uh, but Ronald Acuna on the year. Let me make sure I get his stats right. Ronald Acuna on the year, batting 336, That's second overall in Major League Baseball for hitting. Uh, he's got 41 home runs. That is good for fifth. Uh, he's got 104 RBIs, which is tied for ninth. His OPS is third overall, and he just stole 70 bases. I think you can make a strong argument that Ronald Acuna just is posting. He's got a couple of games left on the season. The greatest single four games left on the season. The greatest single season offensive performance in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, All right, Thursday Night Football is starting. I will give you my OutKick six-pack tomorrow. I want to be able to talk about them all in detail um, and certainly... With all that happened last night with the Republican debate, I wanted to lay out uh, my theory and analysis of how exactly that is all going right now. Uh, but tonight, we've got the Lions at the Packers. Uh, as I am speaking to you right now, Packers are a two point favorite over under 45 and a half. I'm going to give you double picks tonight for Thursday night football. I am on the Lions minus two. Lions' two point favorite on the road at the Packers. I think the Lions win. I'm on the Lions minus two, and I am on the under 45 and a half. Um, Lions minus two under 45 and a half. I will give you the rest of the outkick. Excuse me. I will give you the rest of the outkick six pack tomorrow. Um, I appreciate all of you as always for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the uh, live show that we did last night reacting to the debate. Obviously, I absolutely uh, love reacting to everything live. Uh, We'll do more of that in the NFL playoffs, I think probably coming down the stretch. If you haven't watched that, it's pinned uh, on on, uh, the at Clay Travis Twitter feed. You can go watch all of that. In the meantime, DBAP unless you need to SBAP I am headed to go watch the final football game of my seventh grader season Uh, I love all of you go grab a copy of American Playbook if you haven't already I'll be back with you tomorrow I just did the Piers Morgan show good discussion there of the debate as well like I said DBAP unless you need to SBAP this has been Outkick the show